What's up, brother? And welcome to the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and men's lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping men who feel like they're just not living up to their full potential to level up and become the king of their kingdoms. So whether you've been feeling stuck or numb or extremely angry with not living up to your greatest potential in any area of your life, then I'll be in your ears every week dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. Yo, 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 what's up? It's Johnny King with the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm stoked to have Greg Scheinman in the studio, so to speak, uh, coming all the way from Houston. And uh, good to have you here, man. Thanks for joining us. Johnny, thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this and been following you and seeing what you're doing and listening to the show and you're doing an awesome job. So this is, this is really cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I appreciate it as well. We would have, uh, we would have recorded this a couple of weeks ago when 10 minutes before we jumped on, I had a internet blackout for over an hour. Um, but it is what it is. I'm grateful that you stuck in there and gave me a second chance. So thank you. Man, man, my pleasure. You know, every day is like that. It's like you, what is it? It's like you want God to laugh, make a plan. You know, it's like, yeah. yeah. I mean, we both got <clears throat> on to this thing. We'll just you know, get on to this. And the first thing we do when we get on is like, listen, okay, I gotta go take a leak. Okay. I gotta like get a snack. I gotta do like the day, man. It's noon here, or whatever it is, one o'clock, and it's already okay, just yeah. gotten gotten ridiculous. Yep, yep, a hundred percent. Well. <clears throat> I love what you're doing too. I mean, your your branding, your your website, your podcast, your social media, you've got it dialed in. You are a performance coach for midlife males, correct? Yes. That that is it. How do we help these uh help guys in middle age, you know, live a better quality of life, the life that they deserve and they want? Um yeah. I'm one of them, you know, quite frankly. Yeah, I am too, which is uh, scary to say, but uh, yeah, I fit in that demographic of men, midlife men. Um, just crazy how quickly life tends to, to fly by. The older I get, the more it seems to be flying by. So tell tell myself and those that are listening, watching a little bit more of how you worked your way into this area of performance coaching and a little bit more of your background too, just so guys have a little more context. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um you know, like a lot of my program now, um, reverse engineering, man, you, you back yeah. into these things through experiences, trials, tribulations, successes, and, and failures of which I mean, I've had a lot of all of those okay, in there, um, in 49 years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at 49, I just celebrated my 20th wedding anniversary, been together mm-hmm. for 25. Yes. Thank That's you. Huge. Two boys, 15, you know, and 18, pivotal time of life. Um, you know, my background back to the beginning, I was born and raised in New York mm. and you know, grew up in a very privileged capacity where didn't really know from hardship, you know, for mm. the majority of my upbringing. And, you know, then in my teens and in this is early 40s, my father, um, my father got cancer mm. and ultimately passed away at 47 and I was 17 and it changed everything mm. um, for, for a variety, you know, of 
reasons and you're overcoming you know, loss and you're dealing with grief and you haven't experienced hardship before. And I was heading off to college and I have two younger brothers. Um, so it was my mother. It was just new for, this was new for all of us. Um, and, you know, from, I went to school at university of Michigan. Um, I had those years where I went off the rails, you know, my mentor was gone. My best friend was gone. There wasn't a lot of, I'd say guidance at that point. You know, it was, it was a really, really hard time for the whole family. So you had a really good relationship with dad. I was extremely close with my father. Um, look, we were, we were best friends. I mean, all of the cliches about father son relationships were, were true. Um, mm. and when that was taken away from me, when he was taken away from me, uh, like it was catastrophic. Oh, for sure. And, um, I don't know if you ever truly get past it, but I have learned again and worked hard over time um, to accentuate the positive and remember the memories and work towards mm, leaving a legacy of my own that he would be proud of and trying to rebuild relationships with, with my mother and my brothers and all of that. Um, and that was a lot of years. I graduated from school. Um, I went to work in New York. I thought I wanted to be in the film business where I was from. And I was with Miramax Films for several years in New York, a couple of years right out of school. Um, you know, I have the so-called claim to fame of having told Harvey Weinstein to go fuck himself 20 years before the Me Too era and, <laughs> yeah. and, walked, and walked off of his desk. Wow. Um, you know, one of my goals early on was to produce a film and dedicate it to my father. And I was able to do that before my 25th birthday, which was... Cool which was really cool. Really um, cool. You know, some of those things, be careful what you wish for uh, in, in certain ways. You know, it wasn't the career I wanted. It wasn't the healthiest of lifestyles, the film business and the entertain business, entertainment business. Met my now wife um, out in California. She was from Houston, Texas. And the next thing I know, um, we're living in Houston, basically. Mm -hmm. And after several years of long distance relationship, and we spent a couple of years down in Miami, we decided if we were going to settle down, Houston was going to be home. And we've now been here 20 years. But if you would have told me, Johnny, that I'd be married with kids living in Houston, Texas, having done the other stuff that I've done, you know, I would have said bet the fucking under um, <laughs> because that's never going to happen. Yeah. And, and here we are. Um, you know, getting down to Houston, I had no friends. I had no history. Mm -hmm. um, I had no job either. And it was a real opportunity to reinvent myself in a lot of ways and be anonymous and maybe shed some of the baggage that I felt like I had at home where I didn't really feel comfortable, didn't have as many of the great memories, you know, for me there. Yeah. And I was able to do that. Houston's an entrepreneurial city. It's a great quality of life. The people here have been great. My wife, Fortune, has great family and great friends. And I was able to start a company down here uh, when we had our first son, Auden, 18 years ago, which is insane. Um, children's sports home video company. You know, I knew how to make things. I knew how to produce things. Mm -hmm. So when we had him, I was sitting around and watching Sesame Street and alternating between Sesame Street and Baby Einstein and ESPN <laughs> and going, yeah. I could maybe do better. I could put mm. something together. And, and that's how Team Baby Entertainment, my first company was born. And we were the leading 
children's sports video company for years with licenses of Major League Baseball, the NBA, NASCAR. Like if you could raise that next generation of fan, or as some people like to say to them, brainwash that next generation of Yankee fan, Laker fan, Red Sox fan, whatever they were, Michigan fan. Um, we had this line of DVDs and it just took off mm-hmm. and so cool. And ended up selling the company or taking a partnership with Michael Eisner, who was the former chairman of Disney. Yep. We were the first acquisition that he made post post Disney. <laughs> and it was an awesome ride. Uh, and watched the valuation of the company go up for years and, and, and got amazing media attention and worked with a ton of celebrities as narrators of our videos and were able to give a lot of money back to charity and, and really, really awesome stuff. Um, and then it changed, man. The bottom dropped out. The DVD market, you know, yep. changed, dropped out. A lot of our retailers, if you remember the, you know, everything from Borders Books to Barnes and Noble and Circuit City and KB Toys, Toys they don't exist anymore. Totally. And they certainly don't have DVD sections in them, you know, <laughs> you know like, like they used to. And then yep. pediatricians and other focus groups were coming out and saying, don't leave your kid in front of the TV, you know, for 30 minutes at a time or thinking that these videos are going to educate them or do anything at all. And it was just this, this kind of perfect storm of things that happened. Um, and you know, as they say, don't get too high in the highs or too lows, too low in the lows. You know, right. as quickly as we we exploded and, and we're rising, um, started coming down. You know, pretty quickly too. And and ultimately, the company folded into the Topps Baseball Card Company, which Michael had owned. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to move back to New York and be a part of that, and was left again back in Houston now with two kids, no job, still don't really know anybody in Houston because this was a national company that I basically built out of one room in the trunk of my car that had turned into this big thing. My identity was very associated with with Michael and this high profile partnership and this company and all these things. At the same time, like you asked me like better to be better to be rich than famous, you know, or famous. It's like, listen, like I needed to work, you know, this, yeah. I didn't, we needed money, you know, yeah. two kids yeah. and back down here, this was an amazing experience and, and it provided a lot of runway, but not enough mm-hmm. overall. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to start over, you know, again. Mm-hmm. And at that point, again, I fell back on, well, I know how to make things. Mm-hmm. So let me start making stuff again. What I was left with out of this company was editing equipment and camera, you know, and, and, and a really great guy who had worked at team baby as an editor and a shooter and everything else. And I was like, I want to keep him working and keep him on the payroll and let's come up with something. And I didn't know what I was going to do next, but I knew that I could talk to people. I knew that I could get people to talk to me. Um, I knew I just wasn't totally sure how, but I was like, you know what, if I bring a camera, you know, like fight a show. Like I could go talk to all the people I wanted to talk to and get in the room with and do, and, yeah. and maybe along this way, I'll figure out what I want to do next. You know, there I'll mm. be inspired for something. Mm. So that's basically what I did. I started calling pretty much the who's who of Houston superstars. I'm like, if we're going to live here, I better fucking build a network a little bit here. You know, I better right. I get to know right. some people, you know, right. and I got right. a little press. I got a little notoriety now. Like, let me, try to use it. So I started calling like the who's who of Houston 
hey, it's Greg Scheinman, and I've got this te- television show. It's called Profiles, and I sit down with entrepreneurs and risk takers, and I you know, spend a day in a life with them really because I don't have a set, I don't have a studio, and I don't really have a show. You know, I was yeah, like, yeah. listen, you know, would you be interested in coming on and really want to kind of follow you around a little bit and really get into your whole your whole thing and, and mm. think you're super impressive and this would be great. And, and, and people started saying yes, Johnny. Like it's amazing. Awesome. Like if you tell them they're going to get to talk about themselves, you know, for, for That's a while. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, right, right. The and, favorite topic. Yeah, and they started saying yes. And you know, certain people, you know, also they had publicists on retainers. And what do publicists want? They want to get their clients press. And it's like, look what I did for you. So they kept, people just kept saying yes. Yeah. And now I was like, shit, I got to make this thing. Okay. <laughs> so I ended up and going- how long, how long ago was this? Sorry to interrupt. This was, oh man, this was like 15 years ago at this okay. point. Okay. Yeah. Cool. cool. Um, so in between Team Baby and then Inns Group, which is my other company, and I'll, and I'll get into that, yeah. I created the, the show profile. And then I went to PBS hmm. and I was like, hey, I called Houston PBS, like a local television station. Like, like I can't get on CBS, can't get on and be like, what's like, what's around you? Oh, I could go PBS, you know, like, yeah, yeah. great. Let me see if I can get out to PBS. And I called PBS and I was like, look, I've got this half hour talk show where I interview entrepreneurs and risk takers. Here's the guest list of the show. I'm going to produce the entire thing. All you have to do is give me airtime. That's it. And they're like, what? Like, you're going to bring us like a fully produced show and it's got all these people on it and everything? I'm like, done. That's exactly it. All you have to do is give Turn me airtime. Mm-hmm. Yep. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, how's Thursday at seven? I'm like, I don't really give a shit. Like, give me any time you want to. Okay. Like, all I have to yeah. do is now be able to go back to people and go, I, hey, wait. and then they go, where does the show air? Oh, it's on Houston PBS. It's on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Boom. Yeah. So it was like yeah. that whole chicken or the egg thing, you know, there. that's awesome. That's awesome. And went out and produced 20. 26 episodes of the show, wow. 24, wow. 26 episodes of this show. And during that time, um, I figured out what my next move was going to be entrepreneurs mm. and risk takers. And, and, <clears throat> and I had used this agency called Inns Group for my insurance and risk management when I was a team baby and doing everything. And they approached me and we had this conversation about joining the firm and it was very professional services. And it was very much like nothing I've ever done before. I was like, okay, like it's residual income, it's entrepreneurial, I can build a book of business, I believe in the, the vision that these guys have, I've got two yeah. kids, stop dicking around, okay, selling stuff that people don't want to buy, you know, and trying to create, like, it checked a lot of boxes. Mm-hmm. And, and I took a leap and I went there and I ended up getting my licenses. I told them, look, I'm going to get my licenses, I'll pay for all this stuff myself, I'll do this, I don't want a salary, I want no money, like, I want in, basically. I'm in, I'm in, you know, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll eat what I kill. That's how this business works anyway in there. Mm-hmm. And it worked out. I said, if we get to certain benchmarks, like I want in, in, I want equity. I want to buy into the firm. I want to be able to do that. And, you know, that's what happened. And mm-hmm. that's what happened. I spent 14 years with the firm. We went from 47 or so people to over 200 people. We were wow. acquired at the end of 2020. Uh, I was a partner in the firm. And I, man, I learned a shit ton, uh, highs, lows, what I'm built for, what I'm not built for, what it's like, Johnny, to get up, get dressed, go to work every day, have so many things out of your control, corporate culture, what that really means, income, commissions, getting like, man, it was like, it was a knockdown drag out. There was a lot of, a lot of great stuff too. Um, and, and wonderful for my family in a lot of ways trying to figure out who I was, 
what kind of clients that I want? What kind of lifestyle that I want to live? Was I being authentic? Was I not? Um, thank God for my wife or I probably would have left five years, you know, before anything actually happened, you know, over there. Mm. Um, but ultimately at the end of 2020, like so much, the world changed, you know, for, for everybody, the firm was acquired by a publicly traded company. Um, which provided some opportunity for, for my family and I to do something else. The last couple of years before that, you know, transaction took place and I ultimately exited the firm along with our, a few months after our exit, I'd been working on this midlife male concept. I started getting up in the mornings. I started writing. Um, I started having these conversations with men in business that transcended business. And we're really all about life guys in similar positions. And I was at where we were questioning everything, right. family, fitness, finances, food, nutrition, you know, fashion style. Why do I have to wear that even to the fucking office? It doesn't feel like me, you know, and fun, yeah. which mm. most middle-aged guys are not having enough of you know, mm-hmm. in there. Mm. All of this was happening and it turned into an incredible podcast and the blog turned into a newsletter which has since turned into a book, which turned into guys reaching out and asking me for a different kind of help. And Mm -hmm. I realized, hey man, I guess I'm still in risk management, you know, to an extent, (laughs) risk mitigation. Only now Mm -hmm. we're talking about life and we're talking about performance and we're talking about the six Fs and we're talking about the things that I was doing and learned to do that, changed my attitude, changed my mindset, ultimately changed my life, enabled me to reclaim my health. You know, I'm in the mm-hmm. best shape of my life, you know, now and have been for probably the last 10 years. That's awesome. Um, what changed our financial situation and what does that really mean? Definition of high performance and success. Yeah. What kind of father I wanted to be. I hit bonus time. 47 was to me the day my, when that was how old my dad was when he died. Yeah. Yeah. My whole goal was 47. And after that, like we're in bonus time, man, like yeah. let's go. Yeah. Um, and people started paying attention a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's led me to really what I'm fortunate and grateful to get the opportunity to do right now, which is to spend my life helping men maximize middle age, live the life that they deserve and get back to feeling happier and healthier, living longer, stronger, wealthier, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and all of those tenants. And that's what I get to do each, each and every day. I love it. It's so so cool. And I appreciate that because that gives me so many, oh, I have so many questions floating around in my head that I want to ask that kind of bounce around from different topics. But um, I got to imagine uh, but correct me if I'm wrong, that having lost your dad and having him be such a instrumental part of your life, maybe gave you the, um, call it the, uh, I guess the focus on making sure that you were there enjoying every moment with your kids' lives and with your wife, right? Just, just realizing that life is precious and that you're not guaranteed tomorrow. Yeah, Totally. Um, it's look, it's a great point. I wish I could say I got that memo mm. like earlier, like early on, mm. you know, that that tipping point made me just a better man from that point forward. Um, yeah. it didn't mm-hmm. in a different, like you can go a couple of different ways. 
with that. And I was very lost, very rudderless for very many years. I was angry. Um, I was, you know, I had substance abuse issues. I had attitude issues. I had anger issues. I was having way too much fun to your point, living recklessly, you know, mm-hmm. about, mm-hmm. Hey, you only get one life. You know, there's a couple of ways you can go with that <laughs> on there too. Um, you could be reckless, irresponsible, incredibly narcissistic, selfish, yeah. aggr- go through the list of kind of negative character traits. Okay. Yeah. And you could have yeah. probably put a check mark next to all of them. Okay. And, and my picture you know, there too. Um, what do you feel again, like was the, the driving, sorry to interrupt, but what was the driving uh, root of the, the anger? And you feel like, and, and just all that kind of things spiral out of control. Was it losing your, your father and being like fucking pissed about all that? Feeling like he was taken away way too early. Was it something completely different? I think it was John, man. I think you put all of it in the bucket in a way. Yeah. I think yeah. it was the loss of my dad the loss of that leader, that father, not even father figure, but actual father, yeah. mentor, the guidance. There was you know, envy and jealousy that my friends weren't going through the same kind of hardship and struggle and loss that I did. Yep. Um, you know, My brother spiraled and he ended up going to prison for years. I mean, it took mm-hmm. a big toll on, on, obviously on my mother also. Um, and this was not, what I thought was going to happen. I mean, who does, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and it does happen. And now I see with so many guys also in, in middle age and part of this is like, you know, we do only get one shot at this. These things do happen. Okay. Mm-hmm. How we take care of ourselves, how we prioritize our families, our health, uh, our happiness, you know, our, our mental health, you know, also, all of these things that are there that are so important. And you said at the beginning of this call, I don't even know whether we were on, on or not, but it's like, you like snap your fingers and like 15 years has gone by, you know, like how quickly we get here and how quickly these things happen. And we take so much for granted and we have so much of this, it's not going to happen, you know, to me, or there's tomorrow, or I can put the 20 years into this company and then I'm going to retire and then I'm going to travel and then I'm going to do, or then I'll start exercising, you know, again, where at that point I'll have plenty of time for my kids or whatever it may be. And you know what? Like maybe, Maybe not. Uh, Right. So I started, look, I started seeing things through a different lens because of all that. And kind of got, you know, you get that tipping point, you get that wake up call. Some guys don't wake up. They don't wake up. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you get that wake up call. It's like, man, there it is. You better take advantage of it. You may, you may not wake up the next time on these things. Yeah. and I just found myself in a place again as a young father with a great wife, um, still squandering opportunities, drinking too much, not taking really great care of myself, um, making poor life choices, kidding myself that I was making them for the right reasons out there or having better. And, you know, one day you look in the mirror and, and, my hair was thinning and falling out. I'm pushing 200 pounds. I'm drinking every day. Mm-hmm. Like I'm doing okay at work because I'm supposed to be, you know, doing okay. Um, but not happy, mm-hmm. not healthy, not 
holding up my end of the bargain, you know, truly, you know, if you will, um, not <clears throat> living in a manner that I think my dad would be particularly proud of, you know, yeah. or yeah. setting the path for the kind of legacy that I would want. And again, we all share the same last name and that shit matters you know, mm. out yep. there. Um, and it was one of those, Hey, like you better get your shit together. Right. And well, that, that was really it. I mean, I can't tell you that there was a rock bottom. There was an intervention. There wasn't anything. I think even with most guys out there and when I talk to them and I work with them, you just have to be ready. Right. You just have to decide, okay, I'm ready to invest in myself. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to stretch myself physically, emotionally, mentally, financially, whatever it takes to be better, to do better. Mm-hmm. And we're all ready at different times. And unfortunately, some of us never get ready. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And some of us, you know, will will get there'll be 99% of the way there, man. And I hear it from them all the time. We'll be on that, we're talking, we're on the hey man, I'm 99% of the way there. I really want to do this. Okay. And you know, I'm just gonna think about it for 24 hours. I'm going to talk to my wife or whatever it is. And then you just don't hear from them again. Yep. Yep. And they're making that, you know, 99%, 99% certainty, you know, the right thing to do. You know what you should do. You know it in your head, you know it in your heart mm. and you're going to still go with the 1%. Right. We're, we're our own worst enemies. A lot of the time. Totally agree. Well, you mentioned something that makes me think of, um, you know, the whole topic of, of each of us, but, but particularly as we're talking about men, uh, their integrity with their word, and that we have a, an interesting way of lying to ourselves or kidding ourselves that when we get to uh, XYZ, whether it be the promotion, or the number in the bank, or yeah. whatever, that then we'll be happy, right? So in, in, in your work with working with guys or in your own experience, because you talked about that too, it's like, how, how, how do you help guys or what would you even say to a guy who is, is, is lying to himself, is kidding himself that uh, things are going to turn around once he has the whatever he wants, you know, once he's achieved his goal. Man, it's, right? it's, a, it's such a great question. Um, and to that effect, I had these types of conversations, these one-on-one types of conversations now with 177 prolific men Mm. from all different walks of life. Every one of them on the spectrum of success, there are two. And you know what is common, no matter what they do, whether they were an Olympic gold medalist, okay, whether they're a tech mogul, whether they're a musician, whatever, and you've interviewed all kinds of guys to this too. It's cliche, but it's true. The journey is way more important than the destination. When you get to that top of the mountain, that industry, that award that you wanted to win, that race, that number, whatever it may be, you're kind of like, Oh, this is it. I mean, maybe you're, you're obviously gratified or sat, maybe satisfied a little bit, you know, or accomplished or whatever. I'm like, huh, this is it. And what do you start looking for? Anybody up here with me? Anybody around? Like, yeah, see this, feel this, like, where are yeah. my friends? Where's my yeah. family? Like, am I supposed, like, is confetti supposed to start coming down from, <laughs> from the ceiling, you know, or yeah. Yeah. where do I go with this? Or, what's next already. Right. Right. 
I'm right. already looking past it. You know, my number was X and now I'm living like that. I'm living beyond that already. So now I have to get to the next thing. You know? If this yep. is great, this could be greater. You know, yeah. if I could do this. And so it's that ability kind of in self or self-awareness to be able to say, hey, I really want to live a certain way. Like these are my values, you know, this is what's really important to me. Yeah. And how to design a life around that so that the positive action steps you're taking every day, Nani, are the ones that provide the wellness, that provide the contentment, that provide yeah. the, the laughter, the joy, the fulfillment, the smiles, fulfillment. all the shit that we, that we just kind of are like, you're like, that's not it. Well, that it is it. It's yeah. all of those things. Don't yeah. take for granted the laughter and the fun and the silliness, you know, and the, the ability to develop relationships you know? and the importance of time and stop the hustle and the grind and start thinking about, can I do less with more focus? You know, can I, yeah. like, we don't leave any open space for ourselves anymore. Mm. It's like, we got to fill every moment yeah. in there. And, yeah. you know, so those are the things that I think are just, are really important with guys in particular, because we don't like to show weakness. We don't like to show vulnerability. Um, there's this badge of honor of I'll sleep when I'm dead, you know, and I got to hustle mm. and I got to grind and I've got to do all these things. And even as we like shift the definition or keep trying to poke different holes in masculinity in general. It's like, yeah. Hey, you know, like, you know, it's really important. It's really important how you feel. Yeah. It's really important how you wake up. It's really important how you go to sleep. It's really important what you do within your four walls, within your circle, within the people that depend on you, the ones that you depend on, you know, your own definition of success and understanding what that is and put the blinders on and, Stop with all the comparison and the assumptions and the judgments out there yep. because not, it's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not a proven, sustainable, longevity-based, happy way to live. Right, right. As you're saying that, it kind of makes me think, um, and you're talking about kind of climbing the mountain. You know, here in Colorado, we've got the, the 14ers, you know, so many different peaks that are over 14,000 feet. And I've climbed a bunch of them and, and I've gotten to the point where it, it is fun to get to the top, you know, and, and certainly enjoy the view and everything else. But I've, you know, there's, there isn't any confetti. <laughs> certainly it's so much more fun when you're doing it with people. But I think about it often because uh, it takes, you know, eight, 10, 14 hours sometimes to climb these mountains. Um, I think about this as a metaphor as I'm going up, but really more so coming down is like, that actually is the hardest part is coming down <laughs> and it's harder on your body. And then sometimes when you are like, well, you know, I've already accomplished my goal. And so I think about that in terms of, again, the, the metaphor of like midlife, like we we're aiming for these big goals and we're in our forties and our fifties and we're making, you know, good money. But then what does life really mean after we've accomplished some of those goals? you know, and we're on our way down. We're in the later part of our life, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not there. You're not there quite yet, but we will be there. Like you said, in a moment. So how do we set ourselves up for fulfillment? And so that kind of backs me into my question of like, what does helping men maximize their midlife 
really look like or mean, you know, in terms of maximizing? Yeah, great, great question. So I think they're also, I think there are three, there are three avatars here kind of with, with men and mm-hmm. the ones that, that I work with. One, there are younger guys that are even in their 30s right now, which is a, this is a great group of guys. These guys are, are more in touch with their emotions, more in touch with who they are. They're successful. They can see 40 ahead. Mm-hmm. They're proactive in wanting to you know, get out ahead of it, avoid the midlife crisis. Yeah. And they're willing to, again, talk, communicate, invest in themselves and saying, hey, can you save me like five years and maybe $500,000? You know, yeah. like, I don't want to fall into this, this, this hole, you know, up yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's one avatar. And it's a great group of guys that are out there to say, I am going to just avoid this whole proverbial midlife crisis thing altogether. Mm-hmm. Yep. And here's yep. how I'm going to do it. Okay. And because I know I don't know it all. I'm willing to get help. I'm willing to surround myself with the people that can help me get there. And boom. Okay. That's, that's group one. The second one of those guys that are in right smack in their midlife crisis. Yep. That's a really hard nut to crack. Very set in their ways in a lot of, you know, in a lot of ways. Haven't asked for help. Didn't come up kind of in that generation or the way that it was done. Typically again, married kid. They are just Hey man, it's a lot of Groundhog Day, you know, from the outside looking in, this looks pretty good, but you know what? Again, I'm not really feeling fulfilled. The marriage is stale. Okay. The kids are getting a little bit older. I'm going to, I've been going to this office for 10, 15, whatever. My overhead is what it is. I can't, I don't have the runway. That's the second avatar in there. That's, that, that's a tough spot. That's where a lot of guys are a lot. And then the third one is, Hey, I've kind of come out of this now, kind of come out of this. And now I have a better perspective on kind of life, you know, going forward. Now I got to, I got to level up a little bit more. I want to have a little bit more fun. I got the means to do it. I got to get back and, you know, take care of my shape a little bit more. They have a little bit more of a breath of fresh air and opening and they're going, I can see possibility and I can see a high probability of a, of a successful 50 to 70, you know, and beyond, yeah, yeah. you know, because of this. So those, those are the three, when it comes down to the, to the brass tacks of it, you know, if you want, you're asking like, how do you help, you know, these yeah. guys, yeah. it really is a lot of conversations like this too, Johnny. Mm-hmm. It is about one. I mean, I have a series of pre-work assignments that I give my clients that have been developed over years of questions that are asked and, and even, you know, rankings of certain aspects of life. So we can get a picture. We can understand kind of what's going on in your head, in your heart, in your life, in your bank, in your finances, in your health, all of this, you know, again, what I call the six F's there, you know, what is your portfolio, your total life portfolio look like? Yeah. And it's about turning your F's into A's, but also with the understanding and the grace and gratitude and latitude that you don't have to be a straight A student either to be right. successful in life. Right. Certain things may be more important than others, but where are you over-indexing and are you falling into the over-indexing trap at work? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's at the gym, you know? Maybe you're an incredible father, an incredible husband, but you know what? You actually got to earn a little bit more money, okay? Because, you know, you haven't really gotten your shit. You want to live a different life than the one that you're actually providing, okay? Right. And again, where is the scale and how does it move? And what does the pie chart look like overall amongst these areas and components? And from there, once you kind of identify that, and you craft that vision of what you want your life to look like, 
and you got to paper it too. You actually got to write it down. You know, like this right. assignments involve a deep dive, you know, personally, professionally, collaboratively. From that point, we start reverse engineering. How do we work backwards? How do we work backwards into the life that it is that you really want to lead? Right. Every day. You want to get more sleep? Well, guess what it starts with? It starts with actually getting more sleep. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to say, I'm going to get eight hours of sleep a night, or I'm going to sleep better this year. And very general. Mm-hmm. Right. Can we break things down into real, tangible, quantifiable steps that you take every single day? Yeah. Because we overestimate what we can do in a day. We all do. We underestimate what we can accomplish in a year. Everybody yep. does that too. Yep. So how do we build a framework that actually enables you mm-hmm, to take the steps that you need that doesn't overwhelm you and set right. you up for, again, 30 days of success or 60 or 90 days of success, like a diet, if you will, right. and then you put it all back on, but a lifestyle that is sustainable for you that provides the support that you need, manageable goals, tangible, quantifiable, positive action steps, yep. repetitive nature of it so that you can be consistent and you can be disciplined because you're never going to be perfectly balanced and we're never all going to be perfectly motivated. So what do you have to fall back on? You got to fall back on the fundamentals, the foundation, consistency, discipline, and support. Right. Right. And that's really, you know, the, at the crux of the work that we do, it's that the crux of the work I'm still doing with my own coach and my own team. Mm -hmm. Because I so wholeheartedly believe in the product, if you will, that I offer because I am a committed, wholehearted consumer of that product. I'm buying. Yeah. I'm still learning. I'm still living. I'm still buying. I'm still committed. I'm a believer in the it takes a village and it takes a team. I believe that it's an investment, not an expense. And I know this because investments return. And I get a return on my investment from my coach, from my trainer, from my nutritionist, you know, from everybody in my support team, from my wealth mm-hmm. manager, mm-hmm. I get a return. And that's why I gladly continue to make those investments mm. every 30, 60, 90 days, you know, and, yeah. and beyond. Yeah. Uh, explain a little bit just because I'm curious, and I think uh, those listeners probably would too, explain a little bit more about your over-indexing trap, as you mentioned that. Yeah. Um, appreciate it. I'm guilty as charged, you know, myself in this for a while. Yeah. The over-indexing trap, one thing a lot of guys fall into is typically more often than not professional. You know? They have to provide, they feel that that's their, that's their role. They feel that that's the most important thing. They get on this career path that's there and it's challenging. Mm -hmm. life starts expenses start to increase headcount you know at home starts to increase one kid two kids whatever it may be again lifestyle schools cars vacations Mm -hmm. food everything right and what do we have to do to continue to get ahead how are we judged and how are we valued you know almost as men providers hunters gatherers earners whatever you want to call it you know there yep yep and you Go at that pace. You're waking up before your kids are up or your wife is up. 
So you're not seeing them in the morning before you get off and go to work in the morning. You're spending all of your time at your office. You're likely, you know, you're sitting down, you know, a lot. You're doing the grind. You're the first one in, you're the last one out. And then you start tacking in the client meetings or the drinks or the golfing on the weekends or the this or that, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And you think that that's what's expected of you totally. And that is enough. And maybe the fruits of your labor provide again, the vacation or maybe the nicer car, or maybe you upgrade to another house or you, you know, maybe you bring flowers home to your wife or get her another nice piece of jewelry or whatever, but here's what's happening. But you're not really there either. Mm -hmm. You're not really present. The phone never kind of goes down. You're at the emails, all the other, you're not sleeping well. Maybe your fitness is falling off. You're not eating as well because of all of these other things. And then you've seen the family picture. You've seen the family picture. It's on maybe vacation. The kids are wonderful and adorable. The wife looks great and healthy because she's got that kind of a lifestyle. You don't look that great. Right. You're not even relaxed. On that vacation takes you three days. They say like scientifically, it's like, it takes you like three days to actually relax, you know, and disconnect, you know, from where you are and checking all your email and your messages. Cause the, the world, the job, this career can't survive without you for a couple right. of days. Right. And then when you're flying back, you're worried about how you're going to pay for all this. Mm -hmm. And the billable hours and the clients and all the other stuff, there's your over-indexing trap. And for some guys, it's that area, but for some We've probably seen some of these guys in other areas too. You may be fit as can fucking be, pardon my language. Mm -hmm. The one hour you're a high performer of your day, like basically. Not going to last forever either. Right. At some point, that's not going to be that sexy. You're not going to be that sexy anymore. <laughs> and you're going to want more. Mm -hmm. So wherever you're over-indexing, mm -hmm. the, the challenge is to not fall into that trap. Mm -hmm. Or how, again, do you work your way out of that trap right. back into something that is more sustainable and be more authentic and more in line with the manner in which you want to live, which I believe also can preserve families. Mm -hmm. It can preserve relationships and marriage and friendships and all kinds. Mm -hmm. can do a lot. Yeah. Yep. Amen to that. Well, and I guess uh, along those lines, as you're talking about, you know, supporting men in living better, healthier, stronger, happier, wealthier. Um, I like what you've said or what I've at least read uh, online too, about how you reframe the whole idea around. Uh, and I hear Alison Armstrong mention this and other people, how, um, it really shouldn't be changing our vocabulary around the idea of like midlife crisis because it's not really a crisis, right? Can you talk a little bit more about your philosophy on actually reframing the, the whole midlife crisis? Yeah, ab absolutely. Stage? You know, we hear so much about attitude and about perspective and about the way that you look at things. Um, and yet it surprises me how negatively we reflect and refer to middle age or right. midlife. So again, what if we just flip the switch on that, man? What if, again, we just started looking at it through a different lens, which is the middle is not the beginning of the end. Midlife is not a crisis. Midlife is the middle is the sweet spot. Yeah. The middle is the, is the opportunity to launch the next and best phase of your life. Typically we have greater experience we have more experience. 
Let me get a few more bucks. We've had enough, some success. We've had a bunch of, we have all these things to capitalize on. Mm-hmm. Even if it was a failed marriage, even if it was a failed business, even if it was quote unquote failure, stack up all the failures. Guess what? You know, you learn. I mean, if you learn and apply, you haven't really failed. Right. And again, we have an opportunity to live longer, healthier, happier, better, with all of the adjectives you know, out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So why is this the beginning of the end? I got 20, 30, 40 plus really good years ahead. Mm-hmm. In particular, the middle. Call it even 40 to 60. Maybe you want to say mm-hmm. 50 to 70. I've said this mm-hmm. in other places too. I know some really old 30-year-olds and I know some really young 60-year-olds. Yeah, amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So totally. it's not just the number. It's like, I think 50 to 70 are going to be the 20 best years of my life. That's mm-hmm. just, that's the way I choose to look at it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to send our boys off mm-hmm, to, to begin their lives and do everything we can to support them and, and be around them and do that. Kate and I are still in really good shape. We actually still genuinely like each other. You know, We have an opportunity to do things together and I think reinvigorate you know, our own relationship and have certain experiences that we haven't been able to do in the last couple of years because we've had different experiences. Yeah, now right. at 70, I don't know if I really want to, maybe, I don't know if I'm going to want to climb that mountain or do anything there. Back to, again, the journey versus the destination yeah. or I'm not going to wait to retire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't see myself ever necessarily retiring from living my message right. in there. So I think you're absolutely right. I think it is about reframing. I think it is about changing the notion and the connotation that midlife is this negative period. It's this thing that we should be worried about that, that again, it is a, it is a crisis or we should be avoiding the crisis or that this is going to happen to all of us. And it's something we have to work ourselves through. And we got to work at everything. First of all, in life, you want to be successful and then you got to work at it period, but it's not a crisis. It's not a crisis unless you let it. And it's not a negative unless that's the way you see it. Mm -hmm. And if, by the way, it is, and you're viewing it that way, and you're feeling that way, and you're living that way, well, then there it is. There's your tipping point, okay? There's your wake-up call to change it. Because there is a growing number of men, and I'm I'm speaking about men, but there's a growing number of, of men and women just call it a growing number of people in the world, in our population, in this demographic that are leading by example. And I want that number to continue to grow. That number should get bigger and bigger and bigger. And it should continue to impact those that are younger than us that haven't gotten there yet so that they start seeing it differently. And maybe eventually we don't actually talk or refer to this period as a crisis. Right. You'll see more people living just 80, 90, 100. Look at what's happening in hyper wellness. Look at what's happening with nutrition. Look at what's happening. We have so many opportunities. So many opportunities to live differently, to live healthier, to live longer. Raises a whole other topic of now for living longer, then how do we afford it? You know, it gets back. I mean, there are all kinds of things there, but can we be strategic? Can we be tactical? Can we be empathetic and graceful about how we live? Right. Like that's real wealth. To me, that's wealth. 
not just the bank balance. Mm -hmm. Wealth in mind, wealth in spirit, wealth in all the other areas, all your, your six S uh, six F's, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate that whole kind of uh, thought on just the, the reframing of how we look at, man, this is, this could be, um, summer versus or, or slash fall, you know, uh, when they do all the harvesting, you know, uh, and I, and I, and I like it too. It's like, I still feel young and as fit as I've ever been. And yet I have the, uh, awareness and the, the, the wisdom, the humility that maybe I didn't have 15, 20 years ago, you know? Um, I think it's the application of all that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's growth too. If you allow it to be again, right. and I think we, we do change. We owe it to ourselves to acknowledge change also. Mm -hmm. Growth, personality changes, you know, desires change. What makes us happy might be different than certainly 20 years ago. I mean, all these... Again, go back to the cliches, you know, being true, how early you wake up, how late you go to bed, what you want to do in between, like all of these things, yeah. no change. I mean, look, I'm not the same guy Kate married 20, you know, or met 25 years ago. She's not the same, yeah. not the same woman. You don't know what kind of even parents you're going to be. You know what I mean, and even every one of these stages and stuff also, you don't know what foods you're going to like to eat or how much time you want to spend exercising, if it's any or, or whatever it may be. Um, I just think it's all on the table, man. It's, it's yeah. all on the table to learn from and it's all on the table to just, you know, embrace curiosity yeah. in those areas and not just be so su stuck and set, you know, in your ways that I got to have the same haircut, you know, I got to wear the same clothes or we got to go to the same place every year. We've got to eat at the same restaurant. So we got to, yeah. you don't have to, I mean, but yeah. at the same, if it's working for you, fuck yeah, that's great too. Like, yeah. Just got to work. Yep. Yep. And, and uh, still along those lines, I feel like the, the, the cool thing that I see that you're putting out on your, like I said, in all the different channels that you is, you obviously have the podcast, you have a, a book, you have kind of like I noticed on your website too, that free PDF. That's kind of like the, the no BS guide <laughs> Thank to maximizing you, yeah. in life and getting back what matters most. I, I'm just kind of curious. You have a lot of different things uh, that can support men. Where, where would you suggest that guys get started if they just want to, like if this resonates with them and they want to kind of start getting into more of the work, where do you, where do you suggest they start? Yeah. I listen, I appreciate it. And you know, look, first and foremost, it all starts within. And we talked about, you know, it, it's, it starts with the individual themselves, you know, <clears throat> just that self-awareness and, and, and I love hearing from guys, whether we work together or not, um, I just love hearing from guys that have that self-awareness, like something has actually occurred to them to say, okay, I'm going to even explore maybe working with somebody or getting some right. or changing some things up. So it starts from within, um, it also starts with your partners and your significant others. I mean, look again, if you, if you have that, and I work with guys that are, that are single guys that are divorced and guys that are married too. it doesn't, but you know, if you happen to have that partner, that relationship that you're in, whether it's spouse, girlfriend, fiance, whatever, even guys that have great relationships with their exes too. I mean, 
don't be asking for permission or forgiveness, you know, to invest in yourself or do this. Ask for support. And I think what you're going to find is you're going to get it because those around you genuinely want you to be, to be better and be happier, you know, also. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then reach out, find, you know, find the person or persons that are the best fit for you out yeah. there. You can interview coaches. You can interview therapists. You can look, you can get on the phone with me, literally send me a DM, email me, Greg at midlifemail.com, you know, and we'll set up a free call and an assessment and we can just talk. Maybe I'm the right fit. Maybe I'm not, maybe we can, but, you know, look at putting together the team, you know, who is in that, you know, was the movie I wore this, this, the circle of trust, you know, who do you want to help you? Because, it's tough to do it alone. Yeah. And if you want to try also more power to you, that's wonderful too. There's a ton of resources that are available, whether it's my guide that's free, whether it's every episode of the podcast, whether it's becoming Kings, whether it's, mm-hmm. there are so many great people out there mm-hmm. to listen to, but I would just say, be careful and be, I guess, purposeful with aggregating and curating where you get your content and where you're, when you're consuming, mm-hmm. yeah. what yeah. you consume, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. choose your coach wisely, choose your nutritionist wisely, choose your trainer wisely. Don't just pick based on, you know, the cheapest or the closest, you know, or like, you know, you're all these reasons, you know, that are, that are there mm-hmm. make, you know, make smart decisions and take mm-hmm. your time to make them also. Mm-hmm. You didn't get in this spot overnight. You're not going to get out of it overnight. Mm -hmm. You're trying to put together a framework and a systematic approach to achieving a better quality of life overall and having that smile on your face actually stay there. That feeling actually be the truthful truthful one. So those Mm -hmm. are some places I think that the people can start. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you will find whatever you're looking for, man, it exists. It's out there. Whatever experience you want to have, whatever race you want to run, whatever kind of group you want to like maybe be friends with, you know, whether you're a swimmer, a runner, a cyclist, or all three, and you're in the tri circuit, you know, or whether you're a chess player, or you want to talk about movies or books, it all exists. Just allow yourself hmm, the, the opportunity to, to go find it. If you're not you don't just have to be friends with the other dads you know, at the school, you know, right. or the team that your kids play just because, because they're there. You can be, they can be great guys. They may not be a perfect fit for you. You don't, right. you just don't have to conform and just necessarily accept. You can find what works best for you and who works best for you. Mm-hmm. And because it's, it's just there, man. And I was the guy literally, if I could tell you opposite end of the spectrum. Didn't see it, didn't believe it for a while. Yeah. Thought I had all the answers, thought I could do it alone, mm-hmm. thought I had to quote unquote be the leader, you know, to everything. And yeah. not true. Yeah. Did not that hypothesis that I was living under did not prove out that theory did not prove, okay, to be valid. The other way, this way of living has. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's that's data 
You know, again, that's yep. just that's just data. Yep. It's powerful, powerful truths. And I agree. And I think I've seen, I've lived it myself too. And that's a big part of why I do what I do as well. But uh, I think it's, yeah, you, there's, there's so much gold in this podcast uh, that I wish we had a couple more hours, but we'll have to do another, another episode. Uh, but I will be in Denver in quite frequently um, yeah. over, over the, the next couple of years. Uh, definitely. And I think, uh, I think early April, We'll, yeah. we'll be there too. If, if you're around, we'd love to meet up in person and everything too. 100%. And look, man, like it's about doing good work with good people and yeah. having these good conversations, helping as many, as many people as you possibly can out there. And that's what fills your tank. I mean, we did a lot of activities that empty it. Yep. I've tried yep. those. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What do we do that fills our tank? Um, and how does that inspire us mm-hmm. to, to help as many people as we possibly can. So having these conversations, inviting people in, offering opportunities to, to make changes, improve, yeah. figure things out and do all that. I mean, that it's, it just feels good, man. And that's, I think that's, that's what we're looking for. You know, that's yeah. at least what, that's what, that's what brings me joy. And that's what I hope, uh, it enables me to just you know, do my best to try to lead by example, both for the, the young men I'm trying to raise in my house, but for all the guys that are out there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're doing it. You're doing it. And it seems like, I mean, again, you've got so many different places that guys can uh, connect with you and your content. Would you say of, of all the places they could probably just go to midlife mail.com and connect with all your socials there. Seems so like you definitely can midlifemail.com will tell you pretty much everything you need, you need to know. Um, okay. And you can reach me through midlife mail as well. Again, you can set up that free call. You can subscribe to the newsletter. You could subscribe to the podcast. You can download a free copy of that. No BS guide. Uh, the yeah. place where I spend a lot of my time is on Instagram, you know, okay. as well. So you can kind of dig into some more of the raw stuff, you know, what's going on in, in my house. You'll see my dogs. I just saw your dog, you know, yeah. walking by, you know, yeah. behind you, yeah. you'll see some of the, some of the day to day, you know, I try to peel back, you know, like, like what's really going on, you know, mm-hmm. in, in my imperfect, you know, world and household and life, you know, which is like, yeah. as they call it, you know, perfectly imperfect, you know, yeah. in, in that yeah. regard. Yeah. Um, and then also LinkedIn, you know, because of the demographic, out there, um, spend a lot of time on LinkedIn, you know, as well. And if you reach out to me, I will, you will hear from me. Mm? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so that, that's yeah. the goal. Love that. That's, it's nice to be able to, to talk with someone and, and know that they're accessible, you know, um, and what you see is what you get. So no, I look, I appreciate it very much accessible, yeah. you know, absolutely want to give back everything I can. And if I can just mm. also touch this for everybody too. Look, it, while I'm accessible and while I love doing this um, and I get to do things and I see it again through that lens of I, I, I don't have to do this. I get to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but also we, we boundaries are, you know, having boundaries are, are important, you know, and knowing what to say yes to and what to say no to and keeping oh. empty space. Like the beauty of these days, man, is that I get to spend an hour with you. You know, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. I get to go have lunch and then I'll get to pick up my son from school about, you know, you, you look at the calendar and again, because you've designed things a certain way and it takes a lot of time, energy, consistency, and discipline, but instead of looking at your calendar, just feeling like, you know, like you just got kicked in the dick. Okay. We've all had those days. <laughs> like, it's just deflating, like, oh, yeah. me or this. instead you look at it and you get energized. Yeah. 
oh man, I get to become a king for an hour. And oh yeah, I get to do this. And then I get to work with this guy. And then we get to talk about this. Like put that shit on your calendar guys first. Mm. Put the stuff that fills you up on there first. Amen. Then back into the stuff that maybe pays the bills, of course, which is important or this stuff. We all got to do a lot of that stuff. But if you can see the end game, like right there, you can see the shit that makes you happy. Like right there. I've just found makes doing some of the stuff you really want to do. It makes it that much more palatable. Mm-hmm. That's true. Because so now true. I understand the why. And more importantly, I understand the how right. mm-hmm. that I get to that thing that, that, that fills me up again. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. Good, uh, good note to, to end on. Like I said, I wish we could keep going, but uh, looking forward to many more healthy conversations, but Greg, thank you, brother. Thank you for being on. Thanks for sharing your, your light with the, the world and especially with my, listeners and viewers, man. Thank you. Johnny, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. You're doing awesome stuff. Anything I can do to help, just let me know. Yeah, I appreciate it. Likewise. Well, thank you guys for listening, tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. Definitely go and check out Greg on Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, his website, just connect with him because he's doing amazing things. I think he'll really resonate with you, especially with your, uh, if you're finding yourself in that 30, 40, 50 uh, year uh, part of your life. So thank you again, brother. Appreciate you. Thank you. Have a great one. All right, guys. Take care. See ya. That's it for this one. And I want to thank you for listening. Hey, if you got some good ideas from this episode and you want more, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. And if you think others may benefit from it also, share it on social media and tag me in your post so I can say, hey, it would also mean a lot to me if you felt inclined to write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts since I read every single one of them. And if you've got any questions or topics that you'd like to recommend or really just anything that you think I could improve upon, man, I thrive on constructive feedback. So hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyking.com. Oh, and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, connect with me on LinkedIn, and follow me on Instagram at johnnyking and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash johnnykingmenscoach. Thanks again for joining me. I'll catch you next time.